Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss the trick bot thickens. Mail spam emails claiming to deliver a survey on BLM instead deliver TrickBot. Next up, feds or tails. Facebook helps FBI hack a child predator. And finally, two truths and a lie. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 51, recorded on June 15th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Welcome to the Ponderdome. LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad. I got 99 problems and they're all maldocs from TrickBot Spam Campaigns Anderson. Um, that's a really long middle name, uh, dare I say. Um, and then we've got our very special guest, Taylor, who also has 99 problems, and that's a lot of problems. Wilkes Pierce. Welcome, Tay Tay, aka Taylor, and Chad. Welcome back to you, too. Thank you. It's good. Thanks. Great to be here. It's really nice to have you, Taylor. <laughs> We've missed you. It's the been too long. The audience has been demanding a return of the Tay Tay. I doubt that very much, but it has been since I think late last year. They've wanted their own tater tots. <laughs> the majority of our hate mail is actually just people lamenting that you aren't on the podcast. That's true. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of hate mail, Tay Tay. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's all about you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, buckle up, everybody. We're going to try our best to have a good time today. Um, the first article we're going to talk about is The Trick Bot Thickens. So cyber attackers are seizing upon the 24-hour news cycle again in order to capitalize on the current zeitgeist, this time with fake Black Lives Matter mouse spam campaigns that distribute good old trick bot malware. So that's, that's the state of the world we're in. Um, update, the internet is still a cesspool. Um, didn't know if people knew that. Um, back to the hate mail conversation. So Chad... You know what's coming. I almost feel like I don't even need to say this anymore. But of course, the first request is that we tune in to Chad's History Channel. We're going to have to create a theme song for you, by the way. And so today, a brief history of TrickBot. I feel like uh, my History Channel is a lot like the other History Channel. Um, and it's just going to like slowly devolve. It's going to start out as all these World War II documentaries that you're really <laughs> into. And then it's just going to become like really boring alien shows. Ancient aliens. Yeah, ancient aliens. Yeah, we're going to get to the conspiracy theories next season on the podcast. I thought we were going <laughs> more like a drunk history direction. Personally. Oh, yeah. Um, remember drunk DNS? The idea well, that never took off. We were supposed to never drink and click, but side note, <laughs> all these histories um, are given. <laughs> I drink deep. Um, but uh, TrickBot always comes up. Uh, so TrickBot's been around. Um, they get around. It's a financial trojan that typically gets dropped by a Maldox spam campaign. Sometimes they move laterally, as they did when the Eternal Blue uh, exploit came out. But everybody hopped on that because it was uh, saucy. Um, they harvest credentials through the Mimikatz tool, uh, man in the browser technique and whatnot. Um, it's modular and constantly being updated. Um, it has been tied in the past 
past, as we've also talked about on this podcast earlier when TrickBot came up with COVID lures, um, it's been tied to the Ryuk ransomware and some other tools. Um, it's usually like the first infection and then it's used to drop some other tools. There's a bunch of modules to do different things, um, grab different credentials, um, could maintain persistence, that kind of thing. So uh, it's a very robust um, Trojan. Chad, I think the audience and myself know you well enough now that we could do like a Chad bingo game. And I think Saucy might be a new addition to your mm-hmm. bingo game. Saucy, yeah. Okay. Saucy. Is this because of your love and Tarek's love for chicken wings? Is it always just kind of on your mind percolating? You know, it's funny. I almost ordered chicken wings today. And um, once again, was reminded that uh, by my wonderful wife that I should not be eating uh, chicken wings for every meal. So um, here we are. Uh, research is powered on wings. Most people don't know that. If you're doing security research, if you want to find novel ransomware, you need the five alarm hot sauce. Uh, <laughs> And here's our fake commercial of the episode. Yeah. Breaking Ben is brought to you by Chicken Wings. Wing Dome, send me, send me some wings. Uh, yeah. That's his only demand. Yeah. He doesn't I, want a sponsorship. He just wants wings, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Enough chicken talk. We can always get back to that. Um, so clucking boring. Clucking boring. What the cluck. All right. So now that we're up on the history of TrickBot, what the... What the cluck is happening here, Chad? Please. Uh, so it's their usual, the usual move, you know, sending out spam mailers tied to current events. Um, if it wasn't the Tokyo Olympics or COVID, uh, as we've seen in recent times, um, in this case, it's Black Lives Matter. Um, they try to get people to open the documents and enable macros. Um, and that drops the next payload, which is, uh, you know, uh, the, how the whole infection starts. So. In this case, they're posing as elected officials or, um, you know, people who are polling and asking folks to vote on their opinion on Black Lives Matter or, um, you know, just soliciting them for anything that's interesting enough that they'll go, oh, I want to give my opinion and click to enable macros. Our own egos of thinking our opinion matters. <laughs> mm, yeah. <that's- laughs> Working to our disfavor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so according to the sample campaign documents that were pulled, what actually happens then when that attachment is opened? So it's pretty much the same as it ever was. Macros enabled, um, you know, drops a payload. Um, That payload's a DLL. Um, This just keeps working forever and ever and ever. Um, I don't know, like, how many times we've talked about maldoxing the, um, the, the, you know, distribution point here. They're as reliable as death and taxes, I feel, at this point for um, infections, which I think means that working in cybersecurity uh, is as reliable as a profession as being a mortician then, so... I actually wonder, you know, we've got incident response. Could we have like a cyber mortician? <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the forensic side of things, right? I think they could rebrand. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that will help with the, the hiring shortage. <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. Cyber mortician. Now you want to apply, don't you? Sounds yeah. great. Sounds delightful. Um, so then how are these documents? I guess I skipped a step two in that process. How are the documents actually being distributed or delivered? 
Yeah, so it's all just spam email um, and not the delicious Hawaiian state meat kind. Um, just the ruin your day, constant deluge of spam mail. I have I have two questions for you. One, yeah. one, the answer will help me decide if the second one needs to be asked. First of all, is when you say Hawaiian state meat. Yes. Do states have their own, like a state bird? Do they have a state meat as well, or Hawaii oh, does? They do. <laughs> they ought to. They well, they do. It's, you can look it up. The state meat is spam. Huh. Um, well, there you go. Can yeah, you, I, I need to know if Washington has a state meat. Um, hold on, googling. Florida's has <laughs> definitely got to be alligator. Or, I mean, you know, it has to be right. It's <laughs> my native my native state. Yes. Oh, for anyone who doesn't know, I am the resident Domain Tools Florida man, Uh, although I do live in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) This is what it is. It's a gator sprinkled with shredded jorts. Mm. That is the state meat. Well, you know, jorts by the nature ought to be shredded, not kind of on the bottom. They should have some fraying going on and you shouldn't eat them. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can like kind of wash off your car with them when, when you're done, you know, when they've, there you they've go. gone past their lifespan, they, they can find new uses. I w- I <laughs> They're the it. duct tape of clothing. <laughs> All right, Chad, we need an answer. So I would like to note that Florida does have a state pie. It's the key lime pie. Ah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Good yeah. choice, Florida. And, uh, Good for, on you. Did something, right? Washington, long scrolling here. Um, Oh, well, we just have a state vegetable, the Walla Walla sweet onion. That seems pretty on brand. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Gooey duck could be a Washington state or Dungeness crab. Oh, yeah. Our state weird um, food can be the gooey duck. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Um, now that we've settled that very important point, um, on a scale of zero to 10 hoodies, how concerned are you with eating spam? I mean, so like <laughs> the second thing which powers research um, is spam. Uh, well, so, more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, spam in, spam out. Yeah, as, as they say. No, so my my family lives in Hawaii, as we I think we brought up before on here, and uh, we we love spam. So, so uh, send every spam email you can to Chad. Yeah, every That's single definitely one. Definitely what he means. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. So, Chad, I know you've you're always keeping a close eye on specific opportunistic events, and of course, Black Lives Matter is no exception. Have you seen any kind of interesting patterns with domain registrations around this? Yeah, so everything kind of follows the news cycle, right? Um, you know, as we saw with, and what we are seeing as much as we saw with coronavirus and COVID, where there were six to nine thousand domains being registered every day. You know, that was huge. Um, and a lot of them were malicious. But in this case, we're seeing lots of police domains, either defund or fund police, depending on your stance. Um, lots of different whatever lives matter domains, you know, whether that's uh, the, you know, all lives or blue lives or black lives, you know, people, all sorts of permutations of that. Um, there's lots of new militia and Antifa domains, which seem to be like an inverse of each other. Um, so through all of this, those kind of things have grown. Um, but it, it, it's always like kind of, you know, pumping up, blossoming, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's particularly whenever the president brings something up on Twitter now. Um, it's just a huge bloom of, uh, it's like a virus outbreak, you know, for domains. So, uh, that's kind of what we look for. 
So it sounds like at this point, this type of behavior is not out of the ordinary for threat actors. No, yeah. And this is a pretty regular amount of registrations from what I would see for something like coronavirus, as we've talked about um, in different webinars and such we've given, and I think on the podcast as well, was just a huge outlier. So So with all of that in mind, then, how concerning are these types of domains? Um, You know, it just depends. Each one kind of has to be looked at um, by hand and see what they're doing. You know, I've been following a lot of the different freedom funds, for instance, um, and there's people bringing up fake Minnesota, like misspelling Minnesota Freedom Fund or, or um, you know, things like that. So they're, they range in, in how concerning they're going to be, you know. All right. So then the question I really want to ask you is what can organizations do to protect themselves against mal spam emails like this one that we're seeing, especially in 2020? Let's be honest, this is probably not the last thing that's going to be thrown at us. So what what can companies do? The most minor thing of 2020. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I always find TrickBot on it honestly to be a bit boring i guess like it's interesting in that it's it's effective and it's it's very modular and uh, you know but it just crops up all the time and um it kind of just keeps happening you know these the we need microsoft office to run a business um or well you know we all think we need it uh, we could do everything in plain text which i would prefer but uh not everybody wants to work in the terminal like it's 1980 like me so uh <laughs> so at uh, some point you know you need to accept that these documents need to be pushed around and and maybe do some education on why people should never enable the macros maybe globally enable uh, disable them with group policy um that's all i can really say to that if people want to protect themselves i want to see arnold schwarzenegger do a cyber film called the terminal oh yeah i think that'd be good <laughs> okay all right i'll save um, everyone from pretending to laugh at that joke um let's do the hoodie rating uh um, everybody get to the car you tells uh yeah that's, i think that's what it is <laughs> so taylor i'm gonna start with you and again that scale is zero to ten ten is twenty twenty um zero is some good year that i cannot think of off the top of my head i'm um, just a nice relaxing lackadaisical year 2012 how concerned about this are you <laughs> oh <laughs> you know it is like under other circumstances this is the type of thing that you know would get blocked at the at the email gateway for most folks um or at the group policy stage for disabling macros for a lot of folks but you know this is something it, it it's not necessarily targeting anyone on a business level right they're targeting us as a result of a social movement uh with a lot of folks that are at home and maybe don't have the vpn turned on or aren't protected by group policies probably i you know it's Probably a little higher than I would otherwise think, you know, but, but uh, past that, it's not anything revolutionary. It's just another way of social engineering spam into someone's inbox. Uh, let's call it through, let's call it three hoodies and, uh, and, uh, one sleeve, one sleeve of the hoodie. A classic 3.25. That's, that's the fraction I'm going to designate a sleeve. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Well done. All right. Chad, would you agree with that sentiment? Um, you know, I would go probably a little bit higher just because like, like Taylor said, um, 
you know, this would normally be blocked by a lot of bigger companies. Um, but as we saw earlier with the coronavirus lures against hospitals in Europe, they were they were pretty effective in dropping TrickBot and then they reoccurred ransomware after that. Um, and also because this is targeting people at home and this is a social movement, uh, you know, I think a lot more people will probably fall for this. Um, I'm going to give it, uh, you know, six hoodies and then the uh, just the hoodie off the back of another oh. hoodie. So I think that's about 6.39 mm. hoodies. Yeah, that sounds about right. That math checks out. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start. I mean, this would be an incredibly wasteful exercise, but I think when there are these creative hoodie ratings, we should have kind of like people do with butterflies um, where they're pinned up sort of in a frame. I'd like to be able to point to the hoodie that you're referring to. Every permutation of hoodie cropping and be like, mm, yes, that's what that would look like. I can picture it now. I have hoodies in multiple stages of falling apart from different conferences <laughs> over the years that I can reference for all of these. It's organic, though. You know, people got to pay a lot of money to get to that look, Chad. Yeah, it's people true. Pay good money. I tell you. Such a trendsetter, Chad. <laughs> Gucci calls all the time. <laughs> you want a DEFCON 8 hoodie? Uh. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's give Tay-Tay his time in the sun here with feds or tails. So Facebook paid a cybersecurity firm six figures to develop a zero day in tails to identify a man who extorted and threatened girls. So... Taylor, it's time for your history lesson. Can you give us some background information, primarily between the years of 2012 and 2017? <laughs> well, for, you know, for a lot of folks, those those were great years. Uh, and for the perp here, uh, maybe they were considered great years for for our uh, our perpetrator. But this fellow by the name of Buster Hernandez out of California uh, was social engineering uh, young women on uh, Facebook, uh, and you know he would kind of uh, use pretext on them, say, "Hey, I've already got these pictures of you. You need to give me more." Uh, he was uh, threatening to uh, go, you know, shoot up schools and, and shopping malls uh, in, in California. Um, you know, he was registering. You know, obviously, he would the accounts would get banned by Facebook, but he was you know registering accounts over and over again. Uh, he was preventing. Uh, you know, them from finding out his actual location by using an operating system called Tails, which I'm, I'm sure you know, Ch Chad is heard of. But it's, uh, it's a very privacy oriented OS, Linux flavor. It's a Debian variant, uh, that you, know, you throw on a USB key and you can boot from it, live boot from it, and it will, uh, only store stuff in RAM. So it's not, it doesn't by its default, it has no kind of persistence on a system. Uh, it transmits everything, uh, you know, to the internet through Tor. So, <laughs> Into Tor and out and around the other side again, uh, you know, preventing, uh, making it very difficult to deobfuscate someone back down to their IPv4 uh, to, to do the type of attribution that law enforcement would need to do. And so obviously it was pretty successful for this fella because uh, he was able to terrorize, uh, you know, young women for what, five, four or five years uh, escalating as well, right? So at a certain point, uh, the Facebook security team, and this is an article that got published last week on Vice and then it got picked up by a few places. But, you know, I think maybe some of the, some of the NDAs from some of the Facebook security 
security team maybe are wearing off. I don't know. Uh, but they kind of talked about this anonymously where the, if they had a, a, a pertinent employee set up to try to, to track this guy down, uh, you know, on his new registrations to kind of look using ML to try and find him, uh, whenever he would register a new account. Uh, and so they were able to start to do that to catch up to him. But obviously you're always being, you're very reactive, right? So very much like everything else here in cyber, things are happening to you and you're reacting to them. And so the security team, uh, kind of worked with, uh, <laughs> well, they decided to solve this problem for good, I guess, is one way of looking at this. Instead of playing whack-a-mole, uh, Facebook went and hired a third-party team. That, that's not been disclosed who it is yet. Uh, but they uh, developed an exploit in the Tails operating system in the video player. Uh, so we've seen various uh, kind of uh, privilege escalations out of video player issues. Like we've seen patches for that uh, over the last few years um, where, you know, there's there's... Uh, aspects of the video file that that uh, can use a bug to to bounce out of that kind of environment that it's in and, and gain <clears throat> access into the system to do things that otherwise ought not be able to. In this case, the uh, exploit that they had developed for them was able to deobfuscate the IPv4 of the person playing the video. Uh, and so they spent, uh, I don't know, it says six figures to, to get this exploit built. Uh, then they waited and found someone to bait him out and got into a conversation with him where he was trying to extort them for videos. And so they sent him videos uh, that, that he wanted. And after he played the videos, the uh, the IPv4 was found. And so this is, I should back up a little bit. He, he would been, he'd been taunting the FBI uh, saying, hey, you're not going to catch me. Uh, you know, he felt pretty secure in, in the Tails operating system and, and Tor uh, for anonymizing uh, his actual his actual address and, and, you know, his physical location. And so, uh, you know, this has gone on for a while. Finally, they're able to get that address. Uh, the cops were happy to get that. They, you know, set up surveillance, caught him going to and from the, the address, being home when the suspect was online, doing stuff and not being home. With right. So, you know, they do these types of things where then they can get, execute a warrant, get in there. Um, this is another tricky thing where again, because the OS kind of wipes itself when you, it, it actually wipes out the RAM even when you uh, turn it off. So it doesn't really leave a whole lot behind. One of the key pieces of evidence was uh, like a photo that he had posted online. Uh, they found the same photo uh, where he lived. Uh, and it, so this was back in like 2017 is when he was arrested. Uh, and then it's kind of the wheels of justice turned slowly. And so just now past this past February, he pled guilty to 41 counts uh, all the way from child prostitution to, or, uh, to child endangerment, child child uh child porn charges rather uh all the way to you know making threats and you know he's crossing state lines for that stuff electronically and, and he was targeting folks in 10 different states uh districts rather all over the place so he had a lot of victims he was pretty prolific known very well inside of Facebook and so they took a very special action uh to deobfuscate him uh through through a, a crack in the OS for tails. And so he just pled guilty back in February is awaiting, uh, his sentencing. His face is up to life in prison. You know, he, he clearly, uh, 
a bad actor. Uh, it probably gets what gets what's coming to him from a, from a prison perspective uh, in his sentencing there. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just really interesting uh, that, that they would go to this length that he was so much of a problem or a thorn in their side that they had employees, uh, you know, tracking him, whose entire job was to track him on this on the platform. Really, really interesting stuff. I am wondering why a cybersecurity company out there has not called themselves a third party. <laughs> that would Just be legally. the most brilliant anonymization method. So you could work in conjunction with all of these organizations and just be a third party. Like, really, it's out there in the open, but everyone else is like, oh, this stuff is not, we don't know who's behind this. And it's a third party. Yeah, no, the NSO group really should have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So thank you for that really in-depth um, look. And that answered a lot of the questions I was going to ask you. Like, you know, how did he maintain his anonymity? It's clearly through using Tor and Tails there. And then, you know, how they gained access to that O-Day all the way through the outcome of the investigation. And something that's really interesting to me in this case is it's so unusual to see collaboration between Silicon Valley and the FBI. How has the response been in the security community? You know, it's, it's interesting because it's, so there are some details that are a little unclear. So I, I have gone back and looked at the reporting on the court case from 2017 when he was arraigned uh, and brought in. And at that point, they said, Hey, the judge authorized, it was actually, I'm going to read this just verbatim, just because it, uh, just kind of that verbiage that just, First glance doesn't make any sense. Then you read it even more and it still makes no sense. Uh, um, a judge authorized a technique, and this is in parentheses, a network investigative technique, also known as an NIT, just also known as NIT. <laughs> uh, just a network investigative technique. Nothing more than that. So in 2017, they had no idea, right? Uh, that's what I'm trying to get at here is in 2017, when this guy was arrested, no one knew that Facebook had done any of this stuff. It was, it was all uh, kind of behind the scenes there. It's unclear whether the FBI even really knew what Facebook was doing. Um, because, you know, there, there, there are lines that law enforcement might not be able to cross from search and seizure when it comes to, uh, get, gaining evidence, right? There's certain, certain, if you get evidence a certain way, it's not admissible in court, right? So, um, if someone delivers the evidence to you on your doorstep and it's all wrapped up, then sure, that's a lot, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that there's, there's a lot more gray area there for you to use. Um, so, yeah, I think it's interesting that they went through, that Facebook went to, went and did it on behalf, you know, on some, on some level, you could say cost benefit analysis. They were just saying, Hey, we should stop having employees track this guy down and put him in prison. Uh, the other side of that is, uh, that <clears throat> it, it's, you know, unclear whether or not the FBI was fully aware of what, of the extent that Facebook was going to on this one. Yeah, really, if they were, what else, what other users were affected? (laughs) Well, so specifically, they came out and they said, hey, this was a very specific thing. We did not, you know, uh, do anything on the Facebook platform itself. It was targeted at Tails DLS. It was just to go after this guy. But certainly you could make that argument, right? Uh, Chad was like, hey, well, what, you know, what constitutes a special case for you, Facebook? Take it away. Yeah, well, and I'm, I'm thinking there's, you know, there's actual like in the field, um agents that rely on tails like or informants even to securely talk back with their handlers so it's uh, you know you're endangering um people you know journalists 
activists, agents in the field, all kinds of people that are doing important work um, with that. But it's really interesting. It sounds like it it was a related to the Tales video player was how the zero day worked. So a lot of the times there's like a little, the way that you would de-anonymize people with Tor is get a little bit of JavaScript to run and ship something off for you with their like local IP address. So I wonder if that's all they were doing. Interesting. And I, I guess my final question for you, Taylor, before we get into the hoodie rating here is, what kind of precedent does this set? How, I guess my my inner privacy nerd is kind of like, how will Facebook decide who they're going to go through this much effort for? And how is that going to be kept in check, essentially? Because there have been a lot of requests um, for them to make changes across their platform in that sense. So, Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, first off, uh, you know, it's, 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 you look at it from both sides, like, hey, it's really great that this guy's not out doing this stuff, right? Very, very glad that this person is uh, behind bars and not able to uh, victimize anybody else. But you're right. The flip side is, what is the line that someone has to cross where Facebook deems it, you know, kind of worthy to go above and beyond, spend six figures to go ahead and break their anonymity? Um, <clears throat> especially in, in a world where, uh, you know, we have an executive office declaring domestic folks, uh, as potential terror suspects. Like what, you know, how many, what kind of precedents do they need? Like for them, it's like, okay, well, hey, they have, this guy was obviously bad. We were hiring folks to deal with him. He was breaking the law, breaking our terms of service, you know, a thousand ways, I'm sure. So. Like kind of cut and dry at that point. But, you know, what, what is it? What is that? You know, where's that line for them in 2020? Is it in the same place that it was in 2017 or so? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll just be interested to keep an eye on it. Like you said, it's kind of curious, too, that this one snuck out of uh, Facebook's archives, if you will. Um, so we'll have to see if there are more stories like this, if this becomes more of a pattern publicly. Um, but let's let's get into that hoodie rating. So, Chad, I'm going to start with you. What would you rate this at? And I guess we, we might go from, you know, we're talking both hoodies and goodies. The opposite. The foil of the hood is the good. <laughs> the hood can be used for good. Wait, is the, is the goodies the, like, fluffy inside part? It's whatever goodie means to you. I thought of it as cookies, if I'm going to be frank with you all. Like a nice... Warm chocolate chip cookie. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I, uh, this one's a hard one for me because I, uh, you know, certainly this person needed to be put away. Um, it's, it's hard when private firms begin using, um, attacks against users, you know, and putting in, um, o days on on purpose and, and using them to to either track people or you know who else are they putting at risk? What's the what's the additional user data that comes in? Like it, you know, Tails is usually released as like a single bundle and everyone upgrades at once. So that means there was a whole version where everyone was vulnerable. You know, is is a dangerous place, right? Where like I start to think then like, well, you know, Facebook owns WhatsApp and the WhatsApp video bug that affected like obviously one of their competitors, Amazon, um, when they, you know, hacked Jeff Bezos phone, you know, like I start to, I start to go down all these like conspiracy theory routes like that when, when firms think that they can introduce Odes. Um, so I would, uh, I would put this at 10 out of 10 for both. That man is terrifying and needed to be put away. And also, it's very scary to me that firms believe that they um, have 
the right to do this. Um, I I wish that there was a very good legal framework for it before people start doing it. What do you think, Tay Tay? Oh, and I need an official rating from you. Oh, I'm 10 out of 10 for uh, hoodie rating. All that. right. Got it. Yeah, I, I think this is pretty high. Just guess, for similar reasons to Chad, um, you know, it does seem like it is just another step towards our inevitable dystopian cyberpunk future. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, when we, you're right, when, when you have a corporation and all of the resources at their disposal, it, it is, I think it is telling that they, they went to a third party firm, uh, cause I'm certain that there are folks inside of Facebook that would have been able to write this, right? Like it, it probably would have, if they want to do it in house, they probably could have done it in house and done it cheaper. This kind of absolves them of that liability, uh, from that aspect of it. And, and it's not like this person really is going to be able to come complain a whole heck of a lot because they, uh, you know, certainly were a heinous actor on the platform um, for, for five years there. And, you know, at that point, I guess they felt like they didn't have a whole lot of recourse left to try and help track this guy down. It, you know, it was something where it did seem like it was escalating, right? It, it was, you know, extortion and then into violence and, and threatening violence. And, uh, you know, there's just a whole slew of articles from this one town where, you know, they, they were credible threats that were being made to uh, shop shopping centers and things are getting closed down. And, and so, you know, this was something that did seem to be accelerating. But you're right. I mean, for um, a company like Facebook to go and, and do that for a specific, to single out a user like that, uh, you know, I'd probably, let's yeah, we could call it like uh, nine hoodies um, and then everything but the zippers on the 10th hoodie. So like 9.9 uh hoodies <laughs> everything but the zipper yeah that must be that could be the episode title that we're looking at here everything but the zipper that's basically a robe right oh yeah with a hood yeah. what's a robe have a hood <laughs> a cyber <laughs> wait we gotta patent that hang on <laughs> don't release the episode until we patent it contacting general counsel excellent excellent <laughs> oh my gosh all right so let me just write that yeah we got sith cyber robe there we are um perfect well thank you both for your input we're going to end with our game which is two truths and a lie and it is as you might assume a playoff the game two truths and a lie. <laughs> and so today, what's going to happen is Chad is going to come at Taylor and myself with three different article titles, two of which are true, one is a lie, and we're going to try to sniff it out. So Chad, are you ready to obfuscate your integrity for some points? Yes, absolutely. Oh, and I have an asterisk next to, the, next to this. Um, Tay-Tay, you have two options. You can either A, have a completely new board that just shows the results of this very game on episode 51, or B, you can play on behalf of Tarek and either the points that you win will go in his bucket and the points that you do not win will also affect him. What, what do you choose? Well, I love Tarek, so I don't want to, I don't want to hurt him in any way. What's the scoreboard look like right now? Is there like, who, who's, who's up? Let's pull it up. The current scoreboard, Chad, at 1,011. Kelsey, 1,000, and Tarek, 111. This is in 
binary, just so you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like you know, now that we're all working from home, I might be able to squeeze out more time and get onto the podcast more. I, I want my own. I want to I want to get on that board and and and, all right. and go for the go for the victory. Okay. All right. With that in mind, Chad, we are ready for you. Throw them at us. All right. Let's do this. Um, okay. So number one, uh, China announces progress on new ultra secure satellite network. Malware capable of exploiting the blockchain uh, by exploiting smart contracts. Novel ransomware dropped using TrickBot. Um, oh, I can't type. Um, novel ransomware using TrickBot dropped and used against businesses with reopen and small business loan lures. Taylor, do you think he was messing with us? Like, if he was using a real article title, he would have just copy-pasted it. So was that a plant with being like, oops, my typing. Mm. I, I type all three of them. Uh. Oh, I always redo all the article titles so See? that you guys can't Google them. He's playing into it. Oh, he's That's playing funny. the meta game. Meta. So I've got the most points. <laughs> <laughs> For now, with Taylor's new table rule, you could be at zero. <laughs> but it doesn't seem likely. I'm feeling like I'm definitely going to mess this up. <laughs> oh, Tay-Tay, do you have a gut feeling on this from what you've read this past week? Oh, or in general? let's see. So the first one is the, the Chinese satellite internet. Yeah, ultra secure satellite network transmission. Uh, you know, it seems it's, like a oxymoron. Right? Yeah, I kind of feel like the you know. <laughs> uh, I don't think they would just call it that. Jumbo shrimp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go. That's the lie. I, I, I don't. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try to split the board, Tay. But I have confidence in you. I want you to get these points for the oh. team. The team against Chad. Tack. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the second one is the lie. Uh, Drum roll, right. please. You're both wrong. Um, no. I totally. I yeah. I uh, I am sure that we'll see small business loan lures from Trickbot at some point, but I have not seen an article this week. Uh, there was a very interesting researcher who dropped some malware on the blockchain. He found an exploitable contract in Ethereum um, and is building some smart contract honeypot work, this bank robber malware that can go and steal stuff from this one smart contract. Um, and then the China bit was uh, researchers used quantum physics to send a secret key for encrypting and decrypting messages between two stations 700 miles apart. Um, and that wow. was in the New York Times. Wow. <sighs> All right, Chad. Yeah. Um, pew, pew, Taylor, pew, pew. do you right, Those wanna... are my finger guns right now that you guys can't see. <laughs> Taylor, would you like to jump on a call after this to cry together? Do you want to do that separately? How would you like to handle our great uh, process? You know, I think I'll take a few minutes here, go on mute and just sob quietly to myself. <laughs> I like it more of like a sob sprint than a sob marathon. I can respect that. Um, good way to process quickly. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. 
All right. Well, I want to thank both of our guests this week. We'll, of course, be back next week with episode number 52 of Breaking Badness. Remember, don't drink and click and to always zip your cyber robe. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>